Well, hey, hey there, Chunkies. It's Carter here, the guy that you're normally hearing on your Mondays and Tuesdays, but uh, you're going to hear a different voice on this one. You're going to wish you saw the face of this voice, but this was one of our uh, original members. This was David. Uh, David left the podcast because David had a baby and those kind of things happened. But here's the twist. That baby is me. So enjoy this wonderful podcast with Jordan, Doge, and my dad. And uh, I hope it's super. Bye. You know what we really need to talk about as a nation? Is how we we're not ever going to convert to the metric system. I know. Why are I was we literally ho- having this conversation? Why are we holding on to feet and miles? This is ridiculous. It's just it's just because of being stubborn at this point. It seriously is. Celsius makes way more sense. Yep. Zero freezing hundred yep. burning. Dead. Let's do it. <laughs> makes That's too much to know. Uh, change it from from American, American to metric. Yeah. Uh, that will be the thing that if they change it in our lifetime, that'll be the thing that for our generation will be the one where it's like. Kids walking around with their phones all like it's gonna be yeah. that where we're gonna be kids like, don't even know what an inch is. We're gonna be making <laughs> we're gonna be making Facebook posts that are like I'm six feet and one inch tall. I'm not no maters. I'm not no centimeters. <laughs> Look at them it's kids. It's 95 degrees outside. It ain't no 52 degrees <laughs> Celsius. <laughs> So true. I can see it. How many miles away is California? I said miles. Grampy, you can't say miles anymore. Nobody knows what that means. Quick, I gotta I got draw a gallon guy. <laughs> How many quarts in a pint? <laughs> How many gallons of gas do I need? I ain't asking about no quarts of petrol. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk, our movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. My name is Jordan Wonders and I am your chunk. I'm Doge and my days of breaking into places and stealing chunks are over. What do you want me to do? My name is David Bleese and I need you to break into a place and steal some hunks. <laughs> Ooh, nice. <laughs> Back and forth will they? Did you guys Whoa. play that? Oh my goodness. Did you guys, did you guys plan that? We've been writing it for two seasons and three seasons. It's going to get real wild. <laughs> That's you guys, the reason we started this podcast, so we could make that joke. So did you guys plan that and you didn't ask me if I wanted to... We have a separate group text. Oh. It's called yeah, no, one, me, one Chunk and One Hunk. I have, yeah, no, me. And I guess it wouldn't be a group text at that point because all texts <laughs> would have be two people. <laughs> it would be an It's a group that's just you and me. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty constantly texting... With other people about always, this, always have just, that little red number on top of that speech bubble. <laughs> yeah, so many dude, messages. guys like you don't even know about all the stuff I'm playing without you two. You can't bring your phone to this podcast, or else you're like vibrating. Oh, it's just like stop time. it, stop it, oh, leave me alone. <laughs> well, we have a lot to get to today, yeah. as always. So let's go ahead and introduce the fact that we are talking about Ant Man. Josh, synopsis me down. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Say it again. I was not ready for that. <laughs> nope. If you're going to say that in this episode. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you get one. So Ant-Man tells the story of a uh, unhappy uh, single guy who happens upon a suit with fantastic abilities. Mm. Initially reluctant to accept the power of the suit. He later realizes he must use the suit to save the day and win back the respect of his child who lives with 
the child's mother and this kind of dweeby guy that she's <laughs> seeing right now. And in so doing, he wins back a place in their family. Did if you think it to yourself, the vibe that you got? If I, you're I thinking to yourself, say, he just described Ant-Man, you're wrong. I was talking about the Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm not kidding. When I saw Hope, I was like, she looks like the mom from Santa Claus. I, and the fact that his name is Scott. I know. I kept getting like hardcore Santa Dude, Claus vibes. Dude, her haircut. Yeah. Well, because like Evangeline Lilly doesn't, Look just like the mom from Santa Claus. She looks but enough, enough like Laura with that lab cut. A hundred percent. There was one time where she said, "Like Scott, you're something," and I was like, "Whoa, Whoa. this is the Santa Claus." Santa Claus. Dude, I don't know if you just know what you did, but you just blew my brain. <laughs> that was fantastic. So I was the like, "Cop is Neil." I was like, yeah. "Man, he's getting really like generic with this synopsis," <laughs> and then he just sucker punched there's, me. Listen, if is, there's one thing you need to learn from this podcast, yeah. there's only one story, and it is this: man finds magic suit, mm-hmm. man uses magic suit to win back his place in his broken but now whole again family. <laughs> every the only story, story, every story is just that. This <laughs> but real. So Paxton is the dad, right? That was his name, Paxton. Paxton is the cop. Yeah. Uh, did you get dweeby from him? Yeah, I didn't get dweeby either. Well, I, well, I, I definitely didn't get cool. He's a loser in the same way that Neil is a loser in so absorbed in his work. Very successful, but kind of dorky. Is that successful your... and so absorbed in his work that that's his whole identity? I, just okay. think, I, th- I think I got a parallel in the sense of he's the dad that you would say the average person would say, no, I know what's best for this. Yeah. Daughter, yeah. And that's keeping her from you or keeping him from you. Yeah. Dude, honestly, I'm so glad you brought that up because I had forgotten those parallels. But yesterday watching, I was literally like, this is the so Santa Claus. The actual plot of the Saint Manta Claus is. No, that's actually pretty much it though. It yeah. pretty much that. <laughs> they, uh, Saint man. Saint man. Saint man. <laughs> he, uh, so Scott Lang is a criminal who is. Scott Calvin. <laughs> Scott Calvin. S.C. <laughs> As it says in his pajamas. Oh, right. is I'm a, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to kill it. Scott Lang is a criminal who's recruited by uh, aging scientist Hank Pym to steal his groundbreaking shrink and size changing technology. So is Hank Bernard? Hank, <laughs> Hank is a combination of Bernard and the old Santa. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling yep. you guys, this movie is just the Santa Claus. And that makes Hope. So is Hope Charlie? <laughs> Hope is either Charlie or Judy the Hot Cocoa Elf. And I can't tell. Yeah, she's Judy because Charlie is, uh, is his daughter. Yeah, you're right. Is uh, Cassie. But anyway, so Scott Lang is recruited to steal the size changing technology from. So, so. <laughs> we're, not, we're not moving here. <laughs> Welcome to our Ant Man podcast episode where all we're going to do is compare this oh to the Santa gosh. Claus. So yellow jackets just like I'm gonna call you little nudge. <laughs> He's got a plastic tushy. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my goodness. So Whew. actually he's more like a, a Jack Frost because he wants to yeah, he take his place. He Which is. I was never Ant Man at I'm all. Telling, <laughs> I'm telling you guys, this is just if all of the Santa Claus movies were condensed into one super movie. Oh my goodness, this is so wonderful. Um <laughs> so Scott is recruited by <laughs> Hank Pym to steal this size changing technology yeah. from kind of out of control inventor, his former protege, Darren Cross. Darren plans to weaponize this technology and yep. create an army of yellow jackets, uh, which is his name for the the size changing super soldier that's going to revolutionize warfare. Yeah. Um, it's so it's a heist movie, which is awesome. Yeah. And so the whole thing is a, a series of heists and just crazy hijinks to, the, to steal the, to yellow, steal jacket the yellow jacket suit and, and destroy the research. Exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get out <laughs> there. You and, go and to wish the whole world a very Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, I mean, the movie opens up in 1985 
And oh 1989, my, actually. 89. Yeah, it was a okay. Taylor Swift reference. It went guys, right over a so lot much. of people's heads. A what reference? A Taylor Swift reference. <laughs> She's actually credited as a writer on See, this. See, David movie. thought it was a Bowling for Soup reference. <laughs> oh, gotcha. 1985. <laughs> um, but that CGI for young Michael Douglas. Oh my gosh. Was so dude, freaking good. Me trips me I'm going to pump right now on all of the aging effects. Yeah. Like, like older, but not like Alzheimer's Peggy Carter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looks dude. great. Looks she, so she was, she was, she was okay for me. She was good. Okay. No, I think she looked, I think amazing. she looked okay. So pretend David didn't say that. Yeah. Older Peggy <laughs> Carter looked great. Um, young Michael Douglas. Young Michael, young Michael Douglas, Douglas looks incredible. Young, uh, what's his name? Representative. Yeah. Yeah. Or Hydra. The now guy who works for Hydra. Yeah. Well, assume yeah, he presumably worked for Hydra at the time yeah. as well. Fair. I, I honestly forgot about that. They did that to him too. He yeah. looked maybe even better than Doug, but I guess we don't really know him as well. Yeah. Like we know what young Michael Douglas looks like. Yeah. But man, he was incredible. I feel like that's Apparently in an be. interview, Michael Douglas was like, hey, if technology's that good, let's just go do prequels to all my old movies. <laughs> Dude, I, that's the same thing happened when that technology first came out in Bay with Beowulf. Yeah. When they basically CGI'd the guy's face onto a Dude, younger body. Wasn't Beowulf all CGI? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Beowulf like was Polar like Polar Express style. Yeah. But they were actually acting like with their faces. Like mocap kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Okay. And he was like, uh, yo, if this technology exists, like I'm never working out again. We're going to do it this way. So I'm sure he thought Let's that. Let's get some of those VFX artists on this show, particularly for like this side of the table. <laughs> just like, I'm ripped, bro. <laughs> Which is just, it's a shirtless podcast from now on. Uh, but, it's a podcast. Uh, I love Hank Pym. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Hank Pym is awesome. He's so great. And let's talk about the, the overarching like plot of this movie. We haven't okay. seen before. Uh, this is a uh, like a protege movie. It reminded me a lot of Zorro. If you've seen Zorro, you know, Zorro is a, is another a, a fantastic movie with Antonio Banderas, <laughs> who learned from Anthony Hopkins how to be a vigilante in Spain. So you're saying that this movie is essentially puss. Puss. Fear me. It's if you dare. Santa that Claus. Is, uh, in nuts. That is in no mind. <laughs> um, so I guess. This is another example in a lot of ways of why I think Ant-Man spiritually is really the first movie of phase three and not the last movie of phase two, yeah, sure. because this movie completely in multiple ways falls under the umbrella of phase three's theme, which is sins of the father or father figures. Yeah. Yep. And and to me, it's so clear that Ant-Man was like, it's pretty much phase three, but we really want to start phase three with civil war. So let's make it phase yeah, two. And that, and yeah. That's like such that. a weird but decision. Ant-Man thematically fits so much better with phase three, sure. although it does have our phase two trend, which we'll get to. It sure does. Um, but I love, I love that we haven't seen that before. Like yeah. most origin stories are about the character finding their, their calling and You're developing so right, themselves. Dude. And yes. this one, I loved having this mentor. Uh, for those who maybe don't know, Hank Pym is Ant-Man as much as Tony Stark is Iron Man. Right. In the comics. Yeah. Like Hank, Hank Pym, Pym is, is the Ant-Man. original Ant-Man. Exactly. So Scott bringing Scott Lang as the Ant-Man is a, a, a very different twist. Like that's not typical Ant-Man. Well, I'm sure there were some diehard Ant-Man fans that were like, are you kidding me? <laughs> For sure. There I was. think they were already pissed off by age of Ultron though, that Hank Pym didn't, didn't make Ultron. Ultron. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Cause, Cause Hank, Hank Pym is Pym heads. Although we can talk about it a little bit later, but that yellow jacket suit, that face is pure Ultron. It really is. Yeah. yeah. That is, that's a good point. Um, Hank Pym in, in the comics is very similar to Tony Stark, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of brash. He's cocky. Yeah. He's a scientist. He's kind of almost a mixture of Banner and Stark. Yeah, I was about to say he has a, a really, really hot temper. And he's, yeah. he's well, prone to fly Well, it's the Pym particles. The they, yeah, yeah. At one point, he develops multiple personalities. And actually, I read this. One of the reasons they didn't use him as the main character is because for a long period in the comics, Hank Pym, because of the Pym particles frying his brain, um, 
treats his wife like he was abusive to his wife and they were like that we can't have our main character yeah be some we can't root for somebody who is like (laughs) some little kid watches movie like i love hank pym let me go read some hank pym books which i get and so but that's also why um because i didn't understand the first time i watched it why darren cross was just why everybody was like that's not him i was like seems to be him but it's the pym particles he didn't have the helmet protecting see i understand that from a comics perspective, but right. I think it makes the movie weaker. I agree. Wait, what? We'll, talk we'll, about, we'll get talk about that. What? Okay, yeah. Let's let's just go at it right now for this part. So, are you, are you saying Cross was crazy because Cross was kind of already a jerk? He was already selfish. Like, but Hope says like this isn't him. He wouldn't shoot people. He wouldn't go this crazy. And the reason why is because that's why Pym was so intense about Scott Lang saying like you always have to wear the helmet because the helmet protects your brain from being man, fried by the Pym particles. They, I didn't get it the first time I watched. They talk yeah. about specifically the Pym particles mess with your brain chemistry and cause you to be more like aggressive and and stuff like that which is i love that yeah i i like it as a story concept and it it works in the comics and it makes sense in this movie if you have it that. wasn't strong enough in this movie exactly See, that's the problem because i love it as an idea of saying that's the difference between scott and darren is that scott went about it the right and way you could and even, darren you didn't could even bring it into and that's why hank pym carries so much guilt he lost his wife he was abusive to his wife because maybe he got a little bit yeah. of that as well, well but I didn't they, they kind of all. hint towards that a little bit because that's why when scott says why don't you just put on the suit he says you don't think i want to yeah. i can't do it and it's because of how far he's gone with his head getting messed up with the particles but the reason it doesn't work is because it was so underplayed yeah. like yeah I feel sure. like that should have been a really big story beat yeah. and it kind of wasn't. And I'm, I'm not accusing the screenwriters of anything, but that is the kind of idea that a screenwriter would very easily be able to use as a cop out of just like, I'm going to make this villain one dimensional, completely flat, like yeah. only has one note personality. And that is he's the bad guy yeah. Yeah. because of these crazy particles. Which yeah, actually, sure. since we're already talking about it, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. My, my super dump is... Uh, the lack of depth for Darren Cross as a character. Uh, my super pump, super dump. Oh my goodness. I almost ruined our whole show. <laughs> we almost had to oh, quit. No. My super dump is also that exact. Really? Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah, flat man. and one dimensional he is. Because I love the actor. Loved the oh my God. CG What's his name? I can't Corey remember. something? Corey Stoll. Yeah, yeah, I um, love Peter him. Russo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. Yep. But he's so good. Like, he's a fantastic actor. I think he's very intimidating. He's got like a very large presence he on feels, camera. He feels to me like like he's this movie's version of Obadiah Stane. Yeah. Like, and yeah. that's something I, I do want to point out is how similar this is to Iron Man. Iron yeah, Man. 100%. Like the, the B plot of this movie is yeah, for sure. the A plot of Iron Man. But, but Darren, Darren Cross is intimidating. He's scary. His suit is awesome. Yeah. Love the yellow jacket. Yellow suit. jacket's dope, but he's a little too villain for villain's sake. Yeah. I think that's a problem that the MCU has with villains in solo movies. Yeah. Like I, there's I, not many standout villains in the MCU. I haven't seen that problem since this movie though. Cause if you think about the ones since this movie, it's been civil war and Dr. Strange and guardians and Spider-Man. It's and, true, but, but this is the, this is a movie that's tail ending on, uh, Iron Man three villains like Thor Killian and Malekith yeah. and like, yeah. So, yeah. I think that's kind of something that they maybe hadn't figured out at this point. Yeah. But to the logic of when you're watching this movie in real time, it's kind of like, that's just what these movies are. It's just a comic book villain. Yeah. yeah, it's a comic yeah. Book villain. yeah. But uh, I want to pump on his portrayal of Cross because he yeah, was he, scared. Yeah, yeah, man, he's great. Especially every time in he walked room, in the room. Oh, uh, yeah. Because there was a few times where he like almost caught Hope. Mm. And every time he walks in and looks at her, I'm Dude. like, oh, shoot. Yep. Like, that he is really so had a demanding yeah, yeah, Which, yeah. by the way, let's talk about commanding presence. Hope. Yeah. 
Hope she's is great in this. so good. Uh, what's her face? Uh, uh, Evangeline Lily. Lily. Dude, yeah. she's great. She's awesome. Um, and there's a pretty big story beat where uh, Hank won't let her put on the suit. Right. Which she clearly could. And she's clearly do. the best candidate. Yeah, she would be best better candidate. than she would be better than and, Scott. But I understand he lost his wife, uh, who went subatomic and in, in which is eternal shrinking forever. Yeah. And so he doesn't want that to happen to her. Yeah. Or he, he just doesn't want to lose. He her, can't basically. risk her. Yeah, yeah. And I get that. Yeah. Um, if I guess we're already here, my, if we're going to jump ahead, the very end of this movie, uh, he opens up the door and says, this is the, the wasp prototype. And she's like, it's about time. That's my super dump. Yeah. Because what's no way. What did Hank learn yeah. to make him completely change this ideology he's hold held for this entire movie, which yeah. is, yeah, yeah. it is too risky for you to get into the suit at the very end. He's like, that mission went well. All right, everything I said was a lie. Here it is. I've been working on it secretly for yeah, you. Yeah, it's like not, it's clearly not the same wasp suit even because as the her, one that the Janet wasp suit in yeah. the flashback well, guess, was the same as Ant Man. Well, and I guess that wasp suit is presumably still is in the subatomic still realm. on yeah. Janet, like <laughs> shrunk down smaller than an atom. No, I agree. It, and and I'm stoked that she has the suit. Yeah, because Ant Man wasp. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. But you're absolutely right. That it's just like. Yeah, that was really? a big old turn. Really? And there's yeah, yeah. no there's nothing he learned. It doesn't feel earned. Yeah. It was not earned at all. Yeah. And I would uh I would uh throw this onto the table. I would have rather had a a wasp movie before an Ant-Man movie. If I was just like a wasp solo, is that what mm-hmm, you mean? Creating yeah. the concept. I think we needed a wasp solo before Ant-Man. Um even though I love Ant-Man and I love this movie, I think a wasp movie would have made more sense first. <clears throat> Can Paul Rudd still play wasp though? <laughs> So let's let's actually let's, let's talk let's, about let's jump back kind of to some of the early stuff. There's stuff in early on in the movie that establishes Paul Rudd as Scott Lang that I think Scott Calvin is, uh, Scott Calvin yeah. that I think is so great. Yeah. For instance, the very first fight scene in the jail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where you think he's getting beat up. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, just like, oh, I love you. Man. Yeah. The weirdest goodbye so rituals. <laughs> um, the whole van scene introducing us to Louise. Yeah. Uh, Michael Pena. Can I make a small so point? Good. Yes. So didn't realize this until I was watching back. Uh, he's like, oh man, did he give you that? Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's yeah, like, Paco give you that? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm the only one that's ever knocked him out. <laughs> and then he's driving the van. That comes back later when the security guard, he's like, oh, my boss man told me to come up here. And he's like, I'm the boss. He goes, oh. And then punches him out. <laughs> one punch knockout. One punch yep. out because yeah. <laughs> that's how he yep. rolls. Yep. I never, because you know, whenever I see a one punch knockout, I'm like, no really? way. But he established, <laughs> Guys, he established yeah. it. So good. <laughs> it's so that's funny. So good. I think I'm changing my super pump on the fly. No, you're it, not. I had it locked. You and mean loaded. on the ant? Hit me! Hit me! Hit me! I had it locked and loaded before we came in as... No, don't tell us what it was going to be. Yeah, you don't get that. Ga- that's how this game works. You don't get that. Belonging <laughs> to an actor whose name I have already mentioned recently. His name rhymes with Hall Mud. I just told you not to do it. Um, It's got to go to Luis. It's Dude, my super, my super pump is Luis. No, yeah, it's not. Yes. It's amazing. Dude, my he's the best is, part of the movie. My dump oh, is that so in great. real life, he's a Scientologist. So just, <laughs> just take that with a grain of ant uh, for what it's worth, but... A grain of sugar that spins. A grain of sugar that an ant is giving to you. Nice. But yeah, yeah, that whole scene in the van where he talks about like, yeah, I lost the house and my mom died. (laughs) My my girlfriend left me. My dad got deported. deported. (laughs) I got the van though. though. It's like, it's nice, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Crappiest van. Dude, he's so funny. And uh, when he talks about, uh, for me, I think his best scene is 
anytime at the beginning and the end when he's going through his stories like, like explaining she said this to him he said this to me yeah yep. like, but when he talks about i'm at this wine thing and they only got reds you know i'm not a red guy but they got this rosé that absolutely saved the day and i was just like yes he's so good and at the end of every time he's like and they told me to tell you he's like and and she was like yeah yeah <laughs> or she was like nah <laughs> every well, time and correct me if i'm wrong uh i just forgot to check I'm 95% sure that the other dude that hangs with them is T.I. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. In, like, in, of graphing calculator thing. He invented those <laughs> graphing Texas calculators, dude. That's Texas in, Instruments for, himself. For T.I. to be in this movie, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, no. I know. But he's great. He's so <laughs> I love when he goes like, and, and who are you? He goes, I'm Dave. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> like, he's covering but something. The, other, like, guy, the, the Russian me. dude. Yeah. Um, he's the love the actor so guy. much. He's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Love him. His accent was awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. He was the, the least funny out of the I three. mean, coming off of hearing Elizabeth Olsen's weird Eastern European no, you're accent right. last her, movie. Her accent was bad too. It sounded great. His was way better than hers. Sure. Uh, but still wasn't great. Come on. His was definitely better than hers. His, his was better. Yes. Way better. I don't but know. He, he was more consistent with his crappiness. Elizabeth Olsen was just like riding a wave. Like sometimes it was, it was great. Sometimes it was really I feel like big. sometimes it was crappy and sometimes it just wasn't there. <laughs> yes, it, was like, fair. it was all on the crappy spectrum. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Um, but Hank sees something in Scott. Uh, she, uh, Hope mentions, let me put the suit on. Yeah. He, he can't shrink live subjects yet. Let me put the suit on and seal it right now. He's like, you know, he can't do that, but I think I found a guy. Gosh, the effect of when he tries to shrink live stuff and it just turns into that weird, like little, like they it, used strawberry jam. I was about to say it looks like strawberry jelly. They yeah. used strawberry uh, jam. It's so Dude, gross. When, when cross, uh, kills the guy in the bathroom, by yeah. Yeah. shrinking him, I was like that murder weapon is the scariest thing in the oh, yeah. world. Yep. Because there's no evidence. Nope. Just cleans it up. Done. Like that's scary. Yep. That's nuts. But I want to talk I can't about. I believe that's real. <laughs> can't Science believe, is bonkers. I can't believe we're here. Uh, Hank chooses Scott. You know, he says after Hope says, "Put me in a suit." He says, "I may have found a guy." Yeah. Here's. It was almost my super dump. I can kind of get on board. I don't see how Hank Pym put all of his chips on Scott Lang. I don't think it was explained to us. I think it was. It's it's that job at uh, Vista, yeah. whatever. Yeah, but I, I don't think us as the audience saw his proficiency as a thief. It was told to us. Right. It was, no, kind, of, it was kind of shown to us when he stole the Ant-Man suit. You could tell he was like quick on his feet. When he flips over the fence and T.I. goes, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I love watching him work. <laughs> but he, he was, a, he was a, a good enough thief. We knew that. Yeah. But he wasn't proven to be a uh, Danny Ocean from Ocean's Eleven like mastermind. But I don't think that's what he was ever supposed to be. I thought he should have been. Yeah, because here's I hear the thing. That. Michael, Michael Douglas, Hank Pym, is a scientist. Okay. I thought his he should have said, we need someone who can show us how to steal this because I don't know how to steal things. Yeah, yeah. I don't know true. how to break into this. That blue, is true. The print. whole plan does is Hank Pym's plan. Yeah, and it's well, like, so all they needed was a body. Yeah. And someone who's who who willing put the suit to steal. On. Yeah. I think they should have gone to Scott and said, we need a plan. I know you're a former thief. I know you're a good person. I know you don't want to, you know, go back to that life, but I need you to do some good. Yeah. Will you show us how we can steal this? And I've he's, he's taking out blueprints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like they basically do that. Just the opposite where they say, we need a, somebody who's capable of doing these things. But what, what was he capable of doing in the Ant-Man suit that an athlete wouldn't be capable of doing? But he, this is what they bring it up. And this is why I think that they do address it. He says to hope, don't you see why he's using me? I'm expendable. I have the skills and I'm expendable. Why Scott Lang? Why him? Why not an athlete? 
Because Scott Lang has, <laughs> no, 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 listen to me. Scott no, Lang has nothing. That's what I'm saying. Scott Lang is willing, able, and has nothing. Nothing to lose? No, 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 not nothing to lose. But if he's gone, who misses him besides his daughter? Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, I think the reason that that Hank Pym chose him is because he saw somebody that had a chance to reconnect with his daughter. Well, he says, he says, don't you think everybody needs a chance for redemption? But I think earn earn the look that your daughter, like earn, be the person that your daughter thinks. That's what his wife says. Michael Douglas says the exact same thing. He says, be the hero that she already thinks you are. But I think, I think the ultimately he sums it up and says, I am expendable. And I think it's the idea of ex con. We can use you for whatever. Yeah. And, And I hear you. I think that it would have been, a more interesting story be if it was blueprints and planning. Yeah. But to me, it doesn't diminish anything to just be like, this is a highly skilled thief. It wasn't my super dump because I could still get on board with it. Yeah. But I thought, I thought that choosing someone expendable, it didn't make Scott Lang the only person that could have jumped in the Ant-Man suit. I, I think Scott that. Lang needs to be like, we found him the perfect person. He's, he's a good man, but he's a great thief. Yeah. yeah. And he needs, he can help us steal the yellow. He does demonstrate agency and capability in that later on when he has to improvise and change the plan after Darren says, we're like tripling security and like installing like full body scans at every door. So he, he does improve Mm -hmm. on the plan, but that doesn't change the fact that the base plan still belongs to him. And one of my, one of my favorite plans or one of my, sorry, plans, one of my favorite scenes showing Scott Lang in like his, I guess, ingenuity is when Darren shows up in the house unexpected and you see the ants climb up and just move the things off the blueprint so they roll back up That's and then cool. it yeah. rounds the corner and you see Scott there with the thing on his ear and it's like, okay. Every time I watch this movie, I think that Michael Douglas is wearing a hearing aid. Oh, really? Like every time I see it. And then it gets to that scene where he's controlling the ants. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what that's for. Dude, let's talk about the use of ants in this movie. Hold on, because I want to talk about the use of ants in this movie. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> hey, wait, I have an idea. Hit me. Ants, this movie, talking us about it. The um, use. <laughs> they grossed me out so much. Yeah. Let's continue. They're, really? Yeah. They, I thought they were, I'm normally not a big ant guy. Like, if you could rank my favorite <laughs> animals, ants probably wouldn't make that list. Yeah, interesting. I found but, them very unsettling. Oh, it was awesome. Oh, they were, was they so were great. Cool. The effects were awesome. They looked great. Found them deeply, so deeply you're, unsettling. You're telling me you felt nothing at all when Antony was killed. Okay. What I said was I was unsettled. <laughs> not that I'm a cold-blooded, heartless okay, person. I don't want you on this podcast. When Antony is hit by the bullet. Oh, yeah, I was hit worst. by the boy. <laughs> we were all Anthony on this blessed day. <laughs> yeah, the and, and the different kinds of ants that are are real. Like the ants is a crazy ant real? Yep. Is the, it really? Dude, in an- this movie. <laughs> dude, the ants that float on water. Yeah. That's real. That's a yeah, real thing. Well, I know that. And Haven't you watched the, Planet Earth? The ants that connect. Like I love yeah. I love using actual capabilities that you know, here, here I am loving and learning, <laughs> you know, about insects. I'm having fun and also getting smarter. It's like magic school bus for adults. <laughs> magic ant bus. Magic school 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 ant. So when I'm he's on in the, the magic bed, Scott Lang. <laughs> <laughs> so when when he's on the bed and like starts to put his foot down and there's all the bullet ants. Yeah. That for me is the number one part of the movie where I'm just like. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I hate, hate that part so much. What do you think about the big giant ant? Deeply, deeply unsettled. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about small Scott, normal size ant, and the ant looks huge. That I'm like, okay, that's weird. But normal size people ant gets huge again. Like same relative size, 
So but ha- Honey, I Shrunk it. the Kids was like really traumatic for it you. It was as a kid, dude. <laughs> yeah, of course Have it was. you been to the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids land at Disney World? Uh, I've been on the ride and cried my face off when <laughs> I was a child. <laughs> when the rats came? Yes. The mice. Yep. Oh, yep. And the, the snake. Is that, is that rat still there? I don't think it's it gotta is. Gotta be. I, I think, think it is. Really? Last time I was there, um, which was like this morning. Uh, <laughs> tweet doggy, at us. Let us know if that's still there. The big dog noise is what scared me so bad. I hate it so much. I thought, my guess is they changed it to something more current, but- you they know. should change it to Ant-Man. Disney owns Marvel. Like Whoa. this is literally a Disney movie. That should be Ant-Man land. But yeah, no, I, How do you I feel about the giant rat. Didn't bother me. Rats don't bother me at all. What? Not, not at all. Even the rat in this movie or the rats in the honey. I shrunk the kids land. Uh, this movie, this the, movie, yeah. the giant oh, rat. yeah. rats don't bother me. Oh yeah. I forgot he's in this. <laughs> he's in this like he's I've seen his other stuff <laughs> he's in this movie oh man he was we're, great in Ratatouille <laughs> we're gonna look back and be like remember when he was an Ant-Man and he was a nobody and now look at him he's, just he's a star he's one of my favorite <laughs> hot young actors on the scene yeah, rats, rats don't bother me but his like do. his T-Rex like when he turned I was like yeah. that's a yeah but no yeah. the visual effects overall in this movie are just really well done I think yeah. the Him fact the that sub, dude. the fact that that stuff yeah. can unsettle you in your monkey brain like yeah. that speaks to how well these visual effects are the, done the first scene for lizard brain in your fish brain <laughs> the first scene where he shrinks in the bathtub and kind of goes to the dance floor and goes in the parking lot oh yeah what a cool way to show not only the shrinking side of the suit but also a ton of really funny ways to show what it's like to be small. Yes. In that yeah, but world. let me dump on that scene. Okay. Not on the scene itself, but something that scene, something that happens in that scene, yeah. which is kind of through the whole movie. There's an inconsistency with the powers in a sense of his mass. So he falls off the tub yep. and like a bullet shoots through the floor, like straight through the crack in the floor and then falls through a ceiling lands on a record doesn't shatter and it should yeah. have shattered. You are preaching to the choir really? right now. Yeah. I was waiting for, I was going to wait for the end scene to bring it up. Okay. There are things that when you watch the movie the first time, they're funny, Yeah, but they do not hold up logically to what they've, what they presented us with. Yeah. When he throws the little Tommy train, yeah. you're like, why, why I've, would he ever do that? And because it wouldn't hurt him. It wouldn't hurt him at all. And it wouldn't explode. Do you know what makes trains explode, right? Gasoline. Well, it's the laser. It's exploding. the lasers. Okay. Okay. So if he t- if he took a a plastic toy and lasered it, it would just go. Bzzz. It's I not the so. toy it that melt. explodes. It's, it's an explosion, explosion of laser. laser. Also, interesting about those lasers. That's a sound effect from Star, Star Wars. The ATATs. Yep. Thank you for not saying adats. Yeah, because I'm not an idiot. <laughs> if anyone says adats, this is not the podcast for you. <laughs> D- delete this episode. Stop listening. Do you call ATSTs atsts? Atst. Do you call them swings? <laughs> I want to go back to the laser. There's no yeah. way that that the laser makes it explode. If I'm I, not buying that. If I throw enough fire at something, even if it's not flammable, it's going to be on fire. But it explodes. That's fine. It lasers are exploding. It, it doesn't. So lasers, I lasers aren't exploding. Lasers aren't real. <laughs> you can't prove it. You can't prove anything. If I laser a plastic toy, it's going to melt. And explode. Maybe catch on fire. You can and even buy fire, but not explode. explode. How do you know it's a laser? Because it goes pew. And that's what lasers do. I'm a sci- I'm not a scientist, but I'm a man. <laughs> pew. <laughs> pew, pew. That's laser sound. That's laser sounds. I know no, what lasers but, are. And so, my ears exploded. I will say, to be fair, Thomas the Trank engine. <laughs> Thomas, Thomas the Trank. The trank. Yeah, yeah. Thomas the Trank does hit Darren Cross and then just <laughs> fall over. I know, but also there's another scene in that. Um, 
I can't even remember, but there's so many inconsistencies where little things will hurt them, little yeah. things won't hurt them. If it's making a joke, it won't hurt them. If it's an actual fight scene, it will hurt them. And you're like, this doesn't well, make sense. I don't remember if it's something that they explain in this movie or if it's something that I've read. <laughs> or but, made up. Or if it's something that I just imagined. But is the suit not actively like regulating his mass in relation to his size at the same time? Because that, that would explain to me why he's able to... In Civil War, when he's so that the whole thing is like she says, you're small, but you have the strength of a 200 pound man. You're like a bullet. Yeah. In Civil War, when he's giant, he doesn't have the strength of a 200 pound man because he picks up an airplane. Yeah. So is the suit actively regulating his size and mass? And that's why you can't just like eat one of those discs and shrink because then you'd implode or whatever. You this, know what is, I mean? this is a, a new series we're doing on our podcast called Doze Rushes to Defend the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. <laughs> it happens every episode. No, but, 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 I, but I hear you though because that is the point of the regulator. Yeah. But my point is Isn't only this. is the thing on his belt is? Yes. But my point is only this and this only and this alone. <laughs> you fall through ceiling, punch a hole, record better shatter. Yeah. That's there's, all there's I'm a, saying. But there's a lot of things like that. Unless yeah, that's all. the regulator was okay, calibrating, to, <laughs> oh. calibrating to his body weight. But let me, let <laughs> me say this. Let's talk this movie. <laughs> David, zero with me. This movie does suffer from what I'm now dubbing Guardians of the Galaxy Syndrome, which cursed the Marvel Universe in little pockets for a little bit, which is there are points in this movie where it's like, that was funny. I wish that that specific moment had been a little heavier. Yeah. But it was funny, you yeah. know? Yeah, and for sure. me, yeah. it's the final fight. Yeah. For yes. me, the final fight is a little too like, there's too many jokes. Ha ha ha. It's so whimsical. Yeah. I, I, I think usually, but I mean, I could make the defense for the other way as well. Usually the joke fight is in the middle and the end one's very serious. Yes. And they kind of twist it. So I they guess kind of flip I'm, it. I'm okay the serious. That. Yeah. Because, because, because usually the by, the, by the end of the movie, that's when I'm most out of the movie. Yeah. Like, okay, final fight scene. Okay. Now let's get serious. No, that's good. So and get, it brought you back in. Yeah. Well, and I, I do want to address, um, so uh, I haven't given my super pump yet. And there's a specific scene that I want to launch into my super pump with. Yeah. And it's the scene when uh, Scott is talking to Hank in the control room in the house. Okay. And Hank sa- or Scott says, I know what we need to do. <laughs> we should call the Avengers. Love it. And I love that that idea is brought up and is given a reason for not happening. Yes. Yep. And I love that the reason is consistent in universe. I love that the reason is Tony Stark is an arms dealer. He might not be anymore, but that's kind of what he represents. Yeah. And I'm not just going to give this technology to an arms dealer. To a Stark. There yep. we go. Yep. It's perfect. Love it. And I love that that then takes away the question we ask every solo movie, <laughs> yeah. which is where's everyone else? <laughs> yeah. I love that he just brought it up. He'd be like, okay, for, first first up, uh, let's get the whole team of superheroes <laughs> yep, to, to take on us. this. And, and and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I love it. What did but, you guys? Okay. You're not done talking. I'm sorry. I just have one more thing because I'm just waiting for my turn. I that, haven't said anything this whole episode. <laughs> you know, you know, psychologically they say that the best listeners just wait for the other person to stop talking. <laughs> um, so I'm a, I'm a so incredible listener. listener. I'm not even going to wait. I'm just going to start now. What so, I like about this movie, my, uh, my super pump is Paul Rudd. Okay. He, yeah. First of all, that he's, just even introduced into this universe because now thankfully that means that we can have just a little, a little PR whenever we feel like it. (laughs) pop them up out of nowhere. Um, and part of the fun is any trailer you watch for anything from now on, you can be like, Amon could be there. (laughs) He might be in that scene. We don't know. But I think that first of all, Paul Rudd as an 
actor in general, I think he's great. Yeah. yeah. As a comedic actor, he has some of the best timing of anybody in 100%. movies. His his comedic timing is, I would I would say almost perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just think that he is so unnaturally likable. Like it's he almost, really is. I can't, if he ever played somebody I was supposed to hate, I wouldn't. He's got the sweetest eyes Dude, in the whole world. He's just so fun. He's so funny. I, I love Jess, to watch him in everything. I told Jess while we were watching this, I need to be honest with you. I might love Paul Rudd more than I love you. And, <laughs> and she was, I get it, She dude. was like, that's totally fine. I might love Paul Rudd more than I love you. Paul, Paul Rudd is <laughs> just, <Don't say> <laughs> not Paul. <laughs> he is so charming. Yeah. And, and I love it. And so, just his delivery, his portrayal of Scott, his, the fun that he brings, yeah. and the fact that he's in the MCU now. Yeah. Paul Rudd is an easy super pump for well, this and movie. He, he's been paralleled uh, a lot with Chris Pratt in the same kind of, we took this actor that you would never think is in a superhero movie As a superhero, and yeah. make him the lead. But I want to I wanna kind of separate the two because although Chris Pratt was a big actor, you know. Literally. He was big before big, 30. Right? Big boy. <laughs> but Parks and Rec... Uh, I believe he did Jurassic. He filmed Jurassic World before this, so he was before Guardians. Really, I think he did because I I, I heard James Gunn went on the set of Jurassic World and said, "Hey, how how is he?" And they were like, "He's fantastic." Interesting. Um, really, whether that's true or not, I'm Wait, pretty sure that happened. No, Guardians came out a possible. full year or almost two years before Jurassic World. That, I know he that's was. That's what filming, I heard. Was Jurassic filming. World came out in 2016. Let's Google this. Should we do it now? Ant Man came out in 2015. Jurassic World came out in 2016. Tweet at David if he's wrong. No, let's Google it now. No, you're a crazy person. What you're what you're thinking of is that Colin Trevorrow, whatever his name is, the director of Jurassic World, asked about Chris Pratt on the set of Zero Dark Thirty before casting him in Jurassic World. Oh. He showed up on that I agree set. Disagree. That's kind of <laughs> <laughs> but we edited out a five-minute-long Google break. <laughs> I think we just keep it in there. <laughs> People listening are like, "What's happening? This is so it's really quiet. It's bad but podcasting. It's immersive." I think. I, I, I think the big thing that separates them in my mind is Paul Rudd was such an established comedian yeah. in movies that it really bumped up the MCU of like, oh man, like how'd they get him? Yeah. Not necessarily how'd, how'd they get him, but cause Why I think they, they get, get him. <laughs> maybe that's a, maybe that's a better question, but like, I'm just like, how's he going to fit? I think it's yeah, the, yeah. the way it, that I was Cause it's pretty, at it. it's pretty equivalent to getting like Seth Rogen. Yeah. A little and, bit. And you're like, I, Paul really? I think Paul Rudd <laughs> is so much funnier than <laughs> Seth Rogen. Way, way funnier. But I mean, it's that, it's that whole, uh, I'm just going to Seth Rogen laugh until uh, you guys notice uh, me. Judd Apatow. Judd yeah, Apatow. Yeah. It's like the that Judd Apatow group. comedian group. You've been doing that for like 10 minutes. Just in the background of the whole show. We just make it into a soundboard that we play at the start of every episode. But I, I think he really, he really boosted the MCU's credibility with uh, comedy. Yeah, yeah. Paul Rudd in there. I completely agree. Yeah, so it was great. One thing that we haven't talked about, which is something that as we're watching through this, I'm noticing Marvel doing more and more, mm. is taking a character and like a, a name that we know from the comics and just doing something completely different with it. Mm-hmm. Good example is Yellow Jacket. That so you mentioned earlier that the Pym particles caused Hank Pym to yeah, develop multiple Yellow personality. Jacket, yeah. Yellow Jacket is an alias of Hank Pym. Yeah, it's actually like, Hank Pym as a villain. Like there is there is no Darren Cross as Yellow Jacket well, situation. Okay, sorry, I jumped the gun on my well. I typically, you were say there's no Darren Cross. I was like, uh, there's a Darren Cross. <laughs> typically, yeah. Yellow Jacket is Hank Pym, and it's just yeah. an alternate identity that he uses. How did you guys feel about them kind of just co-opting that identity? For the villain of this movie. To be to be real, I didn't even know. Ant-Man was not something that I kept up with enough okay. to... <laughs> <All right. laughs> Ant-Man wasn't something that I kept up with enough to realize that Yellow Jacket was Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. And 
because we're not focusing on Hank Pym, but Scott Lang, yeah. it doesn't affect me that yeah. much. In, yeah. the, in this universe, they've already changed so much by having uh, Hank Pym not like a founding member of the Tony. Avengers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That I'm cool with you. Cha- you change everything up. Yeah. And and maybe maybe I'm crazy. To me, it feels like Guardians of the Galaxy. And I know there are hardcore Ant Man fans. I know there are hardcore Guardians fans. But to me, who's I mean, pretty into comics. I still didn't know enough about these to be upset when things were changed. To be fair, you like Archie and like peanuts. And yeah, stuff, no, though. I'm a huge zits fan. <laughs> You're a, a garf head, big time. <laughs> Love me. No, some I, I, I agree. There, there are certain. So, I mean, I, I just like the funnies. <laughs> I think you. I think you guys would agree. I think DC comics are more fun than Marvel comics. But more Mar- fun or, or better. I disagree. I, I think I think DC doesn't comics, disagree. I, I disagree stories, as a whole. No, no, that's cool. But like, let me talk for it. <laughs> <laughs> I like DC comics better than Marvel comics, and there are a few Marvel comics that I've read. And and given most of my comic collection is from like the seventies and eighties, so right. it can get real weird. Right. Uh, but Ant Man's always been like, oh, I'm not reading that that yeah. one. So no, he, I, he's been pretty heavily passed over for sure. Me. A lot, honestly, a lot of Marvel's best stuff. I think this might get weird. Is is more recent and like in the ultimate universes and things like that. I I actually totally agree with that. Marvel is so event driven now that you have to, you have to buy a hundred books at a time to understand what's going on yeah. in the main Avengers book. And it's just so inaccessible. I think it'd be a whole episode of yeah. things that are frustrating, but yeah, well let's get back to, there's a small scene. I think we should at least talk about where he goes, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's Tony Stark's dad's name? Um, Howard. Howard Stark has this old Were warehouse. Were you about Robert Stark? <laughs> Robert Downey Stark here? <laughs> yes. Uh, Robert Howard Stark. Starky Stark here. Has this uh, old warehouse in upstate Stark. New York and has a part that we need. And he goes, he's like, hey, remember when you said this thing was just a, a abandoned warehouse in upstate New York? It's not! <laughs> it's Avengers it's, Tower. Oh, it's so good. The, the new the Avengers new. headquarters. And when, when our boy Sam shows up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Falcon Great so much. I, I love how apologetic. Sorry, sorry, Ant-Man sorry, is. sorry. And we just like, hey, I'm Scott. And they're like, did he just say, hey, I'm Scott? <laughs> I love when he's like, I gotta get this thing to save the world. You know how it is. <laughs> Sam's like, goes, yeah, I do know, I do how, know it how it is. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> I love how he's just not a superhero in that moment. He's just us putting on a suit uh-huh. and being like, hey, so sorry about this. I'm Scott. When he nice shrinks down you. and goes inside the wings of the suit, he's like, I'm a big fan. I'm so sorry about this. He's just tearing everything out. <laughs> yeah. So good. How did you guys feel about it being Sam and not like one of the other like top tier Avengers? Oh, I was fine with it. Uh, I thought it made sense. Uh, it makes sense. It felt to me like they got like, a low paid actor. Exactly. Like yeah. when you're watching. Like when I, before I saw the light and was a regular watcher of the television, television program, agents of shield, <laughs> yeah. they got like, they got Nick Fury for one episode and then yeah. they got like lady Sif for their, their <laughs> Thor episode. And it's just like, okay, I get it. Like you, this is what you could afford yeah, to like, me. It would have sold it so much more that it, that story wise, it had to be Falcon rather than they were like, let's just get whatever Avenger we can afford. Yeah. If something had been like on his calm, like talking to cap and we see caps face or like, Talking yeah. to one of our, our, for lack of a better term, our A-team Avengers. The, the scene isn't long enough for it to really bother me because ultimately what it feels like is an airborne infiltration of airspace came in. So they sent the airborne Avenger. Does that make like, that's how it vibed to me. Yeah, I, I, I knew that that was going to be 
uh, something that people pointed out like, oh, you had to get like a, a, a B. That's the one you could afford. Dude, um, yeah. B, uh, maybe I'm cra- it doesn't bother me at all. No, it did, I it love did, it. It didn't bother me. I knew that was going to be a thing. Yeah. But I thought it made sense. I felt like Sam Wilson, he was chasing cold leads when the Avengers were out. So he's kind of the, the man that kind of stays behind. Yeah. So it made sense to me. And I, and I think it made sense that Ant-Man fought him. I, I agree, and I, I'm I'm not saying it should have been another Avenger. No, no, yeah, you hate it. I think that. Yeah, no, <laughs> no be honest. I think Suicide Squad. Okay. We get it, Doug. You can't rag on me for defending this cinematic universe when I'm trying to say I didn't like something. You're like, no, it was actually good. It was good though. You're wrong and dumb. I think they could have done some stuff to sell it a little bit more. No, I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like to make it seem bigger than just prove to me he's not the only Avenger you can afford. <laughs> it's like when, when Deadpool like, goes to it. the mansion, he's like, "Oh, really? Only uh, only two people in this whole big house." It's yeah. like the studio couldn't afford more of you guys. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, that's the vibe I got from that. Yeah. yeah, loved the scene. I just wish that they could have like. Which speaking of scenes, I do want to say I we haven't really <laughs> there's super, a lot of there's a lot of scenes. Movie. Well, just specifically, I feel like. I want to pump on just the writing. Um, maybe, maybe not necessarily. I feel like the movie can be paced a little weird at sometimes, but man, like the dialogue and like the overall, just like character writing. I feel like it's so good. And I feel like it was, it was improv. And a big part of why it's good is the improv, but also Edgar Wright. Yep. Yeah. They used the majority of his original script. He's still credited as mm-hmm. the screenplay writer, I believe. And the only reason he left is because he was big on, he didn't want it to be part of the MCU. He wanted it to be a standalone Ant-Man movie. And Marvel's like, uh, no. Why would we pay well, you I to do that? that? I disagree with that as well. Yeah, I, no, I agree with it too. Or I don't <laughs> like it also as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, they used his original script, which is why... He was the one that brought in Hank Pym, Scott Lane. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, he's the, so great. So he, he's kind of the most recent in a series of directorial departures based on studio interference. Yeah. Like, that kind of... John Favreau before him and then... Uh, Joss Whedon, although Joss Whedon's probably was, was a little bit more one direction than the other. Just people saying, I got really tired of, of Marvel saying, Hey, we really need you to play in and set up these next couple of things in your movie. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. Well, let's, let's get to the end. Um, Yellow jacket goes to uh, Casey to draw the Ant-Man. They had the final fight scene. Wait, Cassie, <laughs> Cassie, Sorry. yeah, Cassie, excuse my sneeze. Um, and they had the final fight scene and he says in order to get, to inside his suit to shut him down, I have to go subatomic. I love you, Casey. Go subatomic. Cassie. Cassie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but is it though? Great question. 100%, 100%. Cassie Lang is a character in the comic. No. She's she later. becomes Ant-Man. She, well, Ant-Man or whatever. I don't remember uh, her name. Spoiler right alert. Ant-Woman. Ant-Girl. <laughs> um, she also is a size changing superhero. Yeah. So, sorry. She's great. Smaller, smaller lady. <laughs> Cassie, I love you, Cassie, is what he screams. And then he says, Should I <laughs> uh, and then breaks through his suit and goes subatomic. Uh, how'd you feel about um, Yellow Jacket basically like shifting into himself when loved he just it. shut down his suit? Absolutely loved well, it. Well, he was basically, it was, it was like a black hole, basically. He was taking the, like removing the ability of the suit to regulate his size and mass. Yeah. So the suit didn't, wouldn't just shut down like Falcons did? It was a different suit. I, no, I get it, but it's, <laughs> well, I think it was the still, components it, he removed. I think we can assume some level of, science. of capable. Well, I mean, we see him literally like tinkering with the Ant-Man suit. It's true himself. And he says they make it a point really early in the movie. Well, to, he's a, a master's. In, he has a yeah. master's in electrical engineering. Yeah. So like we call that out. We lampshade I, that. Yeah, I got that for sure. I was just thinking it seemed like one of those movies where it ends perfectly because the ex-husband who's constantly making trouble like dies and you're like, Oh, so now it's like really easy to like happily. You watch a lot of Lifetime, a lot of Lifetime movies, (laughs) Uh, but uh, it felt like 
he wasn't just going to power off his suit. Yeah. Because my thought was, if he powers off this dude's suit, he's going to go subatomic and Cross is still going to be with his daughter. Yeah. So the only way that he can do this is if Cross like literally dies. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't know if that jump was, was earned. It didn't bother me. This does lead us into our, our final episode of two chunks and a hunk presents hands off. Hands it's off. been a great season guys. We'll see if we get renewed. Like this has been a blast. Like having, having this show, two chunks and a hunk presents hands it. off. The first thing that shrinks away into nothing is His Darren's hand. arm. It goes from, from hand to forearm. Just gone. Cool. Yep. Yep. Um, so uh, there's a lot of people we'd like to thank uh, that have been involved <laughs> in the production of this show. Hands? Presents hands off. Thank, I want to thank everybody who has at least one hand. Uh, shout out to Inspector Even if you Gadget. have no hands, I still just want to thank you. Yeah. Thanks. How are you listening to this? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hands not ears Doge do you listen with your hands how did you click it tongues no. <laughs> <laughs> um, he goes subatomic in the subatomic realm quantum also known as the quantum realm quantum realm right quantum realm quantum, quantum, quantum realm, realm. <laughs> the quantum realm uh, there are two times where we see a shadow of wasp yeah which is dope yeah um, I'm going to be honest with you. I really think that's reaching. I don't know if that's like, a I think, I think, I think one lost. silhouette, I think the, the one that's like pretty clearly a silhouette of wings is supposed to denote something Here, like that. Here's what I don't like about it. That does not look like the wasp suit that we saw when she went subatomic. It had two wings, which is the, the wasp suit that he showed her at the end. Did the wasp suit when she went subatomic only have one? Yeah, it had two Did wings. It, it two? was it was like a butterfly, like where it's got yeah. top wing and a bottom wing, yeah, shaped you, like a really weird ear. Can you edit that out? Because it's like, so, 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 like an idiot. so stupid, right? <laughs> no, no, I agree. Like, I don't think it was like a very clearly like wasp, no, like anything like that. Yeah. It was just like there's a hint, maybe. I mean, you had to pause them. You'd have to pause the movie. Sure. Here's here's my thing about the quantum realm. Yeah, too easy to get out. Yep, hundred percent. It's only because he had something outside that he had outside of his suit that he was able to bring in. Like the only reason he was able to get out was because he had that disc. I hear you, but to me, it's one of those things where it's like, how convenient. Yeah, I got a little bit of that, and my my thought was, did Hank not know that he could bring one of those blue things in the, in there yeah. and find his wife and come back out? And my thought was, that's very risky. Yeah. To try and be like, I hope this blue thing works. So I get, so I I did like I get, it, like not wanting to test not it. Wanting to yeah. test that. Um, he comes out of that, uh, that the subatomic realm and, uh, talks to Hank and Hank is like, you came back. That means there's a chance that my wife's still there and I can get her out. Right. And you can tell he's going to kind of commit his, the rest of his days to, well, and then what well, she already committed his life. As to doing Scott that. gets ready to leave kind of after the, uh, <laughs> carnage settles and, uh, Scott's young child says, but what if I miss you too much? And he throws him his snow globe and he says, just shake it when you <laughs> need it. Right and then he's like, can I, can I take him up in the, and, she, and mom's like, yeah. And then they go, and she's like, she's like, we're not over in the ocean, Scott. <laughs> Scott! <laughs> Santa! I do want to pump on that. The actual real final interaction <laughs> from this movie, whenever uh, At Scott- the dinner table. No, I guess it's not the final. Then whenever Scott and oh. Hope are kissing outside of Hank's door. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> good. Door, he's like, how long has this been going on? And Scott's like, Jesus, I can't believe you just pull me in and kiss me like that. Honestly, Hope, I've got to go. Scott's got a few of those. I love when he's uh, when they finally he tells Hope about <laughs> yep. I lost your mom. She went subatomic. I've been looking for the past 20 oh, years. So like, great. Man, I love this. Reconnection. Healing. There's a lot of healing, healing going on right here. Now. I ruined it, didn't I? <laughs> go get a snack. <laughs> he literally says, 
Anybody else want tea? Yeah, <laughs> or when he goes to the keyhole, and he's like, nailed it. <laughs> just runs by. I do. I do love the training montage where he just slams headfirst into the door. Well, something we didn't talk up. about that. Just let's just touch on it. This was a heist movie, and I loved the soundtrack. Yeah, the oh, soundtrack yeah. is awesome. I love the jazzy. It, it's the so jazzy effortlessly soundtrack. switches from that like Mission Impossible style, like driving stuff, mm-hmm. to at the end a really more like traditional heroic superhero with the brass up yeah. in that heroic register, the string supporting underneath, like. Sounds amazing. And yeah. the, to opening up of the Marvel credits and that <laughs> like Hispanic, like really like dancey uh, vibe just yep. to change into the it. mood of the movie into it for yeah. sure. So much yeah. fun. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's pretty much this movie. At the very end, uh, we see two post credits. Uh, the first one is the Wops, the Wasp, the Wops. The wops. Everybody wop, wop, But that is my super dump. I, although I love the wasp, I can't wait to see her. She leaves the Avengers in the comics. Like she is a legit mm-hmm. force to be reckoned but with. But hey, let's be honest. Like they've already set her up to not be somebody you want to mess with. Like, dude, I want her to take over the show. She is dope. First of all, she her, taught Scott Evangel- Lang how to fight. Evangeline Lilly is a fantastic she's actress. She's great. Love her. She is so good. So she can when carry she's her not own. in the Hobbit movie, sure. she's great. Which, I mean, she was still good. She's good in the Hobbit. It's just her it. character. I just didn't want there. her to be there. But she's a great actress. <laughs> um, <laughs> we just go right into the Hobbit. It's a two-hour episode. We're like, hit us with us now. <laughs> that would be a little bit of an unexpected journey. Okay, oh, get out of here. Nice, get guys. Out of here. guys. Nice. She's, she's so great. I think she's also funny, but she's also like intimidating mm-hmm. and very powerful. I think she's going to be an awesome addition Talking to the Avengers. empowering character. Like, yeah. yeah, she's great. She was great. She always wanted to to do the right thing. She had a, a great moral compass. Yeah. Uh, proved that she had capability. So him smart fight. too. Which Stop. Is You're going to convince smart. me to move my super pump. And I've already <laughs> given it and once placed there permanent as yeah. it states in the no, bylaws but, of and, our show. And, and she, was, she, was, she was never like deeply sexualized even though she could have been because she's... Point. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. Point. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing we could say. Yeah. No, she's great. So I, I agree with you. I'm pumped to see moving forward yeah. like the roles that she takes on second post credit scene bucky's caught in a metal steel trap cap says what do we do we can't we can't talk to tony because the accords Falco says, so i know a guy i know a guy oh actually we forgot my favorite scene where uh uh luis is uh bringing back up oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah i got this mad reporter she's like super fine like crazy super fine <laughs> and he was like i'm looking for I'm looking for one of them superheroes and she's like well yeah everybody we got someone that crawls on walls someone that swings Same. someone that jumps that's all Spider-Man, That's all right? Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah I, that yeah. doesn't make any sense, but... I, it didn't, but I, the minute she said swings in the, the theater, whole theater people, we were like, oh! <laughs> and the deal hasn't been made with Sony yet. Well, they were working on no, it. They were that, working it on it. had like, just been finalized. Because that was them kind of calling their shot a little bit. But yeah, because I remember the theater, everybody was just like, oh my goodness. It had just been... Do you guys remember before this movie came out, we were all theorizing that the end credit scene was going to be somebody... Like talking about the Sokovia Accords and like a Daily Bugle photographer there, yep. like taking pictures of or something. Yep. Dope. I think this was definitely the right way to go, but that would have been cool as well. Yeah. And then the final credit scene leads us to Civil War. Is a scene from Civil War. About. Let's hold off on discussing that yeah, because we're not that's literally just a chunk of the movie Civil yeah. War, and that will be next week's episode. A hunk of the movie, <laughs> a chunk, a slice, a piece. So let's rate it. Yeah. Let's do that. Here are two chunks and a hunk. We've come up with the scientific cinema scale TM. It is. us. It is a flawless rating system. It's perfect in every way, just like Mad Max. So. 
kind of weird, <laughs> weird parallel. I have a little I'm into it. Perfect in every way. No, we got it. It was just weird. No, but I, if I don't quote it, then like, what's it all about? It's true. So, um, here is that scale. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy that poster. The next best thing we could ever say about a movie is buy it. Spend your hard-earned bucks. Mm. Next best thing we could ever say about a movie, rent it. Spend a couple of bucks, make sure you got it going down. Next best thing we could ever say about a movie, if you're already spending some bucks on a streaming service and it's on there, stream it. Watch it. (laughs) Just watch it. Watch the movie. Uh, The next best and second worst thing we could ever say about a movie is forget it. What that means is you're honestly better off if you just act like this movie never existed. And then lastly, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie God hath forsaken us. Doge, I'll go first. Um, pretty easy buy it. This movie is fantastic. I forget how much I like this movie yeah. until I watch it. Yeah. Like, I, not that I wasn't looking forward to watching it, but I was like, all right, we're just going to watch it for the dumb, stupid podcast. <laughs> and then watch it. I was like, this is actually really good. Yeah. I really, really love this movie. Cool. Buy it. Oh, a high buy it. I love this movie. I love heist movies. That's just something you need to know about me as a person. Yep. I love Ocean's Eleven, like 12, love Ocean's 13. And this is so different for the MCU. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's fast paced. This movie flew by. Yeah. yeah. Like f- for you, is that the same? Yeah. Well, it's because like, it had four wings over. like a wasp. Oh. It ran fast because it has six legs and a, a thorax <laughs> and abdomen and mandibles. But yeah, a easy and a high buy it. Yeah. So this movie is, uh, I'm struggling between rent and buy. And I think it's a high rent for me. Um, <laughs> what, is this is, what does he think? Yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a what high is, rent for me. his contract up? I don't know. It's, this, um, is last this, is, this is a movie for the MCU that I love. Again, there's so many good things. It really sets up a lot of the weirder aspects of the MCU for later and kind of introduces them. to. So we're already expecting it. So when Doctor yeah. Strange hits us with some very weird things, yeah. we're not like that came out of nowhere. You know, we're already kind of prepared we're for like it. We're like Dr. Weird, am I so right? So it, it preps a lot of that stuff. It sets a lot of dominoes up and it introduces some really, really fantastic characters. But for me, this just isn't one that I return to all that often. Um, and, and, and I really do like it, but they're just on the sliding scale of things. I think it has to be a rent it because of some other things that have been in other places for me. So yeah, I'm, I'm easily going to say a high rent, almost a buy. So the last thing we got to do before we wrap the show up is shout out. Doge is going to handle these. Doge, take it away. Uh, first of all, we got uh, Reed Towns. Thanks, Reed. Thanks for the shout out. We got Colton Venner. Thanks, Colton. Thanks for the shout out. And we got Bradley Costello, who texted me from Kazakhstan. Thanks, Bradley. Thanks, Thanks, Kazakhstan. International Brad, man. We appreciate it. (laughs) We've gone global. (laughs) We got got a big fan base in Kazakhstan right now. Welcome to Mr. Worldwide, the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Miami. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So next week, I'm so excited I can't wait. You've been waiting for this for a while. I've been waiting for, since we mentioned doing Marvel next week, we're talking about civil war. Yep. And I can't wait. Oh my goodness. Good. When, the, when he grabs the helicopter, I will pee. <laughs> Guaranteed. He apparently like tore a muscle. Why are we talking about this? That's next week. That's next week. <laughs> we go right into but it. But yeah, so next week is going to be civil war. Keep your, keep your peepers peeled. For that. <laughs> keep, your, keep your peepers peeped. <laughs> 
Oh, I snorted. I snorted for real. And I hate myself for doing it. Well, for two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan. I'm Doge. I'm David. Goodbye. The episode is goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. See you later. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.